today on Learn Me Something. How to survive the winter versus Balloon Fest. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Caleb and this is my co-host Josiah. Hello. And uh, this is episode 11 of Learn Me Something. How you feeling, Josiah? Uh, pretty good. I don't like losing. I remembered how much I don't like losing. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. And so it's a little, little more motivation to do better. So hopefully this is a good episode. Yeah, so if you haven't listened before, Learn Me Something is a competitive podcast where the goal is for each of us to present a topic and then the voters or the listeners will vote for whose topic is best. And you can vote for that on our social media. That is at Learn Podcast. Did I miss anything or skip anything? I don't think so. Sounds good. Basic overview. Cool. So uh, like you said earlier, you lost last week's episode, which... <laughs> Made me happy because I had lost three in a row, and honestly, I was sick of it. So, <laughs> tell us yeah. about that. So, uh, I had to write a three-page paper about the effects of losing, like how losing affects people. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I don't like writing very much, so it, it truly was <laughs> kind of a punishment. But, like, I don't know, research is kind of fun, but it's just the putting it on paper in a nice little package is not my thing. Yeah. But I've I learned some things. I learned about the Super Mario effect, which is uh how people will respond to loss differently depending how, on how it's framed. So like in Super Mario, if you fall in a hole or get hit by a shell, then you uh -huh. it you take note of it and say, "Okay, I I know what not to do now." And now I can move on to the next thing. But then if it was like a test, like, or just like a boring set of inputs that you had to do, like uh, hold the right button for three seconds, then press the up button for half a second, then it's not as fun because the, the framing is different and how you look at it's different. So uh, hmm. that's kind of interesting. So if you want to read more about it, we'll have I'll link to it, link to the full paper. And I tried to make it a little <laughs> bit entertaining so you don't have to like read a i don't know a school paper but yeah i have to admit i was kind of proud of that punishment so the the punishment was whoever loses the last episode has to write a paper and the topic is chosen by the winner so when i won i thought about it for a long time and really wanted to kind of add to the pain of already losing the episode so I, uh, I thought, you know what? Why don't you write about the pain? What the pain of losing feels like. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty good. I I titled it, "I am a loser." <laughs> <laughs> Just for you. The more I thought about it, the less it made sense because I lost the last three episodes in a row. So really, whatever information you discovered and wrote probably applies to me more so <laughs> than it does for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess you'll just have to read it and see. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, not very fun. Okay, so to start, we usually play a game. Yes. And the winner gets to decide who goes first. So this this episode, we've decided to play Among Us. Uh, and if you don't know, it's a, this little game that's blown up in the last couple months. 
and uh, there's an imposter and then a bunch of crewmates, and you have to vote off the imposter. Um, but we're going to play it where we have to get people to vote off the other person, so I have to try and get people to vote off Caleb, and the last person standing wins, I guess. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited about this. I will admit I really don't know how to play this game, but I'm pretty sure I know how to make people vote you off the island. Okay, yeah, well, that's I mean the, the key. Ship. <laughs> yeah, that's the key. And 10, here we go. Starting the game, let's do this. Okay, shh. Uh, can we share for the imposter with each other or not? Oh, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Okay, I'm, I'm not. I'm a crewmate. I, okay, I'm not either. Okay, good. I guess that makes this more fair. Oh, emergency meeting. <laughs> I'm just going to go as simple as possible. Uh, Josiah's name is Mung. I'm saying Mung. Very sus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I said it was teal. I saw him vent. I don't know what to say to that. I don't even know how to vent. I'm just saying I did not vent. <laughs> okay, this should be pretty easy. Okay, it looks like we got some votes coming in. I think maybe I don't stand a chance here. I should have learned how to play the game before we tried this. Man, that... No! What happened? We both got three votes. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that makes things hilariously interesting. Okay. Okay, I have to look as non-sus as possible. I got to build my trust back with people, because they don't trust me right now. Oh! Oh, no. Yeah. Black. It was black. Um, goodbye, Snapple. No, they're going to think it's me because somebody probably saw someone. Oh, I got this. Vote. Teal. Wait, I'm going to ask where. <laughs> oh, <laughs> someone said it was green, someone said it was white, and someone said it was blue. I'm voting yellow. I can't believe. For sure. I, I was sure that they were going to just kick you <laughs> off quickly. I just said, I literally saw yellow do it. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna vote me off. I came on too strong, I think. Oh no! Yes! What? I got you kicked out! I only got one vote. I didn't do anything. <laughs> so, Josiah, you have proven that uh, you're better at the current most trendy game in the youths of America. So uh, who do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, I think I'll go first. Okay, so do it. I like yeah. it. Okay, so it snowed here in Kalispell about two weeks ago, which is like, it was a couple inches too. That's crazy. A little bit early, but it got me thinking about winter and how winter is pretty much here already. And especially in, in Kalispell, the winters are long and cloudy. Dreary. And <laughs> sort of. And a lot of people love living here except for the winters. So I thought I would talk about how to survive the winter. Oh, okay. That's fun. Yeah. So uh, I guess this is for people who live in places where there is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's November 1st here when we're recording, yeah. and it's in like the 80s in Texas. <laughs> so Yeah. So, I mean, this could apply to you too. I think you could get a little bit out of it, out of it but we'll find out. Okay. Okay. So... In uh, in Scandinavia, in Nordic countries, uh-huh. I guess I don't know what Scandinavian countries 
or what Scandinavia consists of. I think it's uh, Denmark, Finland, and Norway, or something like that. Those countries that are way up north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got the long winters, the long dark winters, um, where sometimes the sun never rises. Um, And that's called polar night. And then from May to July-ish, they've got midnight sun, which is where the sun never sets. Right. Which is crazy. So you'd, you'd think in places like that, where you have like a couple months of no sun, that like seasonal depression would be really high and people would hate living there. But actually, according to the World Happiness Report, the highest or the happiest countries in the world are in order. This is from um, 2019. Finland, Denmark, Switzerland, Iceland, Norway, Netherlands, Sweden. What? So those top those top seven are all way up north. Um, and then Canada is up there too, 11th. But so clearly it's not the weather and the long nights, yeah, long periods of darkness that that are uh, making people sad. So uh, what I've found in my research is that a lot of people up there, I guess I'll talk about Denmark specifically because that's what I've kind of researched. They, a lot of people actually look forward to the winter time because the sun, the period where the sun never sets can be so draining just because there's always sun. Uh huh. It feels like a time to reset when the sun doesn't come up almost for a lot of people. So it's kind of the whole year is kind of the cycle of lots of sun, lots of activity in the summertime and constantly feeling like, I don't know, I guess I've never experienced it, so I don't know what it would be like. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So in the, in the winter, it's kind of like a time to just chill and relax and hygge. <laughs> have, have you ever heard of that word? No, but I like it. I like the word. Okay. So this, was, this idea was popular a couple of years ago. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. But if you haven't, it's called hygge. It's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. And that's how you spell it in Danish. But it means like hominess or coziness. So it's all about slowing down and chilling out and being with the people you love and just kind of like enjoying and leaning into the coziness of uh, wintertime. And a lot of people really look forward to this this time of year. Like they look forward to winter because of the hygge. To hygge season? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, actually. It's kind of like the equivalent in America is like early fall when people start to wear sweaters and drink their pumpkin spice lattes and everything. Um, But in Huga, I feel like it's kind of magnified because the winters are so much longer and the darkness is so much longer. That's interesting. I I think I like Huga. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's kind of cool. It's, it's about changing your mindset also. Uh huh. To really leaning into winter because I, I feel like a lot of people just deal with the winter because they have to. And if you're not like a skier or something, then 
the winter is just like a byproduct of having to live somewhere where, in Kalispell's case, a, a gorgeous place to live. Uh-huh. You just have to put up with the, the harsh winter sometimes. But um, with, with this idea about Huga, you, you have to, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> you you can lean into it and get excited about it and and find some things about it that you love. So, um, so it's it's a lot of it is about um, celebrating traditions and creating new traditions. So uh, apparently in I think Norway they make waffles a lot. It's a big <laughs> Norwegian thing. That tears so it. I know where I'm living. It, <laughs> Yeah, so they they make waffles. They look forward to that, which I kind of want to start doing. Um, just like once a week or once every other week, just have waffles because, I don't know, something Waffle. to look forward to. In my family, it, it was always of... Waffle Saturday. Yeah, in the mornings? Uh-huh, every morning. Yeah. Whenever I would That's get up. That's what we did, too. Back when I still lived at home, we would get up yeah. and then go out, and there was always waffles. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah waffle time. Yeah, that's what I did too. And so there's just something kind of intriguing about an idea of creating some kind of tradition for the winter time. Yeah. Just something to look forward to. And so I was trying to think of some traditions or something similar to what I might want to start. And I, uh, just because it's fun, I googled some strange tr- family traditions that people have. <laughs> and I'm going to read some just because just they're funny. This doesn't really have to do with it a lot, but... Uh-huh. Okay, uh, this person says um, one of their weirdest traditions is an orange smashing contest at Christmas Eve dinner. <laughs> Not the chocolate oranges like normal people, but real oranges. <laughs> Everyone at the table gets one and gets one hit to do as much damage as they can. <laughs> My grandma is the judge, and the winner gets to open their presents first. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out to the orange family. <laughs> orange smashers. Okay, <laughs> this, this next one. Every time someone has predicted the end of the world... Um, like in 2012, uh-huh. my family has a get-together and a tea party. <laughs> Over time, the tea party evolved into a tea party with crazy hats, as my aunt has a crate filled with ridiculous costumes. So we're all a group of people sitting around a table drinking tea while wearing top hats, World War II helmets, turbans, bunny ears. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we gather outside and watch the sunset as we prepare for the world to be destroyed. Wow. Then we get in our cars and drive home disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> do in 2020 they just have tea together every day (laughs) yeah i i don't know probably and then uh august 15th this person says on august 15th we must always have spaghetti none of us remembers why or when this tradition started but on august 15th spaghetti will be for dinner always (laughs) so i just like that idea of like having a weird tradition something that you can look forward to Specifically for the winter to kind of help help you look forward to the winter, you know. Yeah, we have we have long family traditions that I look forward to, but I don't think we have any overly like weird ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've got a lot of little ones too. Yeah, like we'd um, always do. My dad and I would always go out and find a Christmas tree to cut down. And then we'd come back, and the day after Thanksgiving, uh, we would all decorate it together and then turn all the lights off and drink hot chocolate. 
Like, that was one I always looked forward to. It's yeah. not very weird, but it was always like, oh, it's hot chocolate and Christmas yeah. tree time. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's kind of the, the idea. Um, so there's this book called The Little Book of Huga <laughs> that I read, and uh, it outlines 10, 10 aspects. I went like this. I held up two fingers. For some <laughs> uh, ten, 10 aspects of Huga. So the first one is atmosphere, which I know you're all about. Right before we started recording, you said you usually only have lamps on <laughs> because of the atmosphere. Yeah. So I figure you'd be excited about this one. I think I've... So the, so the lighting... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I feel like I'm designed for Huga. I think Huga speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> and like, what's your uh, your movie atmosphere oh, thing called? Oh, yes. I call it the big M-E. It's called the big movie environment. So if you're going to watch a movie, in order to fully enjoy it, you have to have the big M-E, which is atmosphere and then refreshments and then like comfort level. So make sure you have enough blankets and pillows. And then you have to make sure that Mm -hmm. all the lights are off and the TV is extra loud for extra movie experience. Yeah, extra bassy. So that is very Huga. <laughs> so good job. Thank you. So uh, specifically in Denmark, they burn the most candles out of anyone in the world per capita. And so candles are a big part of it and lamps. So anything where the light is low or if you can burn something, that's good. And like extra Fire warm. Yep, yep. Warm lighting. Um, okay, number two is presence. So that's like being in the moment, not having your phone, and just being with the people you're with and focusing on them, playing board games, puzzles, cards, or watching movies. Uh, number three is pleasure, uh-huh. meaning sweets, pastries, and warm drinks. So just kind of that those comfort foods. Yeah, that's what I'm talking uh, about. Coffee, hot chocolate, cake, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number four, equality. So it's it's about everyone doing things together and not one person like cooking a bunch of food ahead of time and then hoping it's good the whole time. But everybody, if you're going to have food, everybody coming together, cooking, and then everybody eating together and then all cleaning up together. Um, number five is gratitude. I think this one is big. Just... With wintertime, especially in general, uh-huh. just kind of goes with that idea of changing your mindset about winter. Um, just being f- thankful for what you have, and then that helps you appreciate everything else a little bit more. So you can kind of learn to appreciate the stuff that you don't like right now. So I think a lot of people um, do that, and that's not like some crazy... <laughs> New profound piece of wisdom that I've just dropped on everybody, but yeah, but it's also uh, really easy to lose. Which we've never gone, we've never gone this deep on stuff before in a, our podcast. <laughs> but it's also really easy to just kind of lose track of it and just zero in on the things that make you grumpy and like the things that aren't ideal. Yeah. So that's a good reminder yeah. to always just yeah. keep your focus on the things that are still good. Yeah. Like, like I guess an example to apply to winter would be if there's a lot of snow, that means you have to shovel or plow yeah. 
just to be able to go somewhere. And then the roads are going to be slippery, which, I mean, is something you have to think about. But you can also enjoy the the quietness that a snowfall brings, which is like really kind of creepy so, to me, but really cool. It's so peaceful. Just everything's muffled and like yeah. extra quiet. And I think that's pretty cool. And then just all the white. I don't know. It's just stuff to appreciate. Yeah. Um, and number six is Harmony. So mm. uh, the writer of the book talked about uh, not boasting or like trying to be braggy to other the other people, but just keeping it chill. Like everybody here likes you already. You don't need to impress <laughs> anybody. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number seven is comfort. So we're talking blankets, we're talking pillows, mm. we're talking sweats. One of the biggest aspects of the big me. Yeah, yeah. So getting cozy, getting comfy with clothing and on the couch with a blanket, some pillows, yeah. Okay, number eight is truce, which means no politics or drama. Mm. Just keep it chill and enjoyable. Number nine, togetherness. So it's about, a lot of it is built around building relationships uh-huh. and making relationships and doing, with, doing things with people. Um, so it's like making memories, focusing on other people. And uh, studies have shown that being around people who enjoy winter will help you enjoy winter more. Okay. So if you're around people who, who are excited about something, you're, you tend to be more excited about that thing so um yeah and then the last aspect of huga is shelter apparently it's more huga to be inside like getting all cozy uh-huh doing something huga while there's a blizzard outside because that just kind of makes things more cozy for some reason yeah i get that and you're in the fireplace just, and you're not you're not in the fireplace yeah. you're near the fireplace well, well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> if that's Huga for uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the the harsher the storm, the more Huga, as long as you're, like, inside and cozy. Mm. Um, so th- those are the, kind of the ten basic aspects of Huga. But then it's, it's also talked about that getting outside and being active is important also. Uh-huh. Um, so if even if you just, like, go for a walk that helps people improve their moods in the winter a lot. And then if if there's a wintertime activity that you enjoy, uh then do that. But if if there's not, then it's good to like find something to kind of again help you look forward to something. So like skiing, snowshoeing, skating, sledding, hockey, ice fishing, just trying to get outside and Yeah. Snowball fights, dog sledding. Get as much sun as you possibly can. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and there's a, a Norwegian saying that I've come to like over like the last year, which is there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Ooh, that's nice. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> can you say that one more time for my wife, who's afraid to live in a cold place? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this one's for you, Mallory. There's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. (laughs) So you just get another coat, 
Get some nice, cozy scarfs, hats. Exactly. Double up on socks if you need to. to. Yeah, get some snow tires. (laughs) That's about it. That's all you need. And some huga. Okay, um, so do you kind of have a basic idea of what huga is, what is and isn't huga, you Um, think? Yeah, it's fun. Okay. It's fun to put a word to it because I've thought about that. Like, you know those moments where it just kind of feels peaceful and right? Like, I always remember there's a camp that our church goes to in the summers, and I would go help at those when I was still in, like, high school. And it was so it was summer camps would be chaos, chaos, chaos all day long. And then it's camp, so you barely sleep and you wake up exhausted. But then you go downstairs before anyone gets up and you get your coffee. And you kind of just, I would always kind of just sit by the window. And then other people would slowly come in. They'd do the same thing. They'd get their coffee or hot chocolate or whatever. And mm-hmm. then they'd come sit. And it was like, you spent the entire day like yelling and screaming and running around and jumping in the water. <laughs> but then for like five yeah. minutes, you're just like quietly, like this is the loudest your voice gets. You're just like, how'd you sleep? Oh, how was your, how, <laughs> you know, uh, I always thought it was so yeah. peaceful and now I know what it's called. Yeah. Huga. Well, a lot of, some, some Danish people don't think it can be translated to another language, but there's, there's similar words like in, uh, Norwegian, it's the word is koseleg, and I, th- I think that's pretty similar. But coziness or hominess is the closest thing that a lot of people think it could be translated to. Yeah, I'm perfectly uh, happy with just sticking with huga. I just think the word on its own yeah. is plenty of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a fun word. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go through uh, a few different scenarios or scenes, and you're going to decide if it's huga or not. Oh, okay. So I'm being tested now. Uh, well, it's more like a game. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, do you see what I did there? Oh, that's very Huga. <laughs> Talking about uh, Super Mario... No, Super Mario effect. Uh, oh, okay. right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more fun if you call it a game. <laughs> or more enjoyable. Uh, okay, watching Lord of the Rings during a blizzard. Oh, Huga. or not Huga. Huga, yes. Okay, hosting a party and doing all the cooking yourself. Not huga. Not enough equality. Not huga. No, no. No, you got to wait for people to help you cook. Okay, cross-country skiing to work. Uh, oh, that's tough. It, not huga technically, but encouraged to go outside and be active. Uh, I'd say it's huga because you're enjoying... Uh, it's kind of... It, I guess it depends on the person. If you don't like cross-country skiing, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I personally but, would not find that very huga-y. But just uh, re- uh, skiing to work rather than driving just seems a little bit more earthy and like, I don't know. I guess it's kind of depends who you are, but to me it is. Because I, w- I want to do it. Because I live about three miles away from my work. Oh, yeah. Fun. Oh, I didn't even think <laughs> about that. That's awesome. Okay, uh, soup simmering on the stove while you read a book. Wait, say that again. Soup simmering on the stove while you read a book. Mm. While it sounds pleasant, I don't <laughs> know if it's huga because huga is relational, right? So ideally uh, there'd be people there and you're 
leaning into them relationally? I, ideally, but you can also just do it by yourself. Okay, well, if if you're allowed to be on your own, I would say very Huga. Yes. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Who, sure. It's cozy. It's comfortable. You're taken care of. Like the, No stress in the world. You've got a book and soup. What could go wrong? Yep. Definitely. Maybe a house fire, but that's it. <laughs> Maybe you get in the fireplace on accident, but that's all. <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm in the fire. Okay. Uh, <laughs> getting a stomach ache from eating lots of cake. Oh, not Huga. Not Huga. <laughs> no, eat eat cake, but you can't feel bad. You got to take it easy. Okay, uh, calling loved ones on the phone. Mm, this seems like another... Tr- this game, tr- not test, this game is harder than I thought it would be. I'm going to say Huga because it's still relational, even though they're not physically yeah. with you. I would say so, too, because you're chilling, you're taking time to catch up with people you haven't seen in a while. I think so. Um, okay, this one's kind of tricky. Playing video games. Ooh, I'd say it could go either way. Some people find that very Huga-esque of just hanging out with your friends and playing games. And yeah. some people would be more comforted uh just hanging out i'm a final i'm gonna lock in a final answer of nuga because in that instance you'd be more focused on the game than on each other yeah i agree could go either way okay yeah i mean i I think yeah i could see that being huga for me if it was to like an extent i yeah i say it's huga if it's with people and it's not for like hours and hours and hours yeah okay agreed um okay showing off your rolex uh not huga you don't have not, to impress anybody no, not huga. <laughs> no they everybody here likes you, you. <laughs> <laughs> why do you need a rolex <laughs> it's huga time okay last one a six hour game of risk oh hmm i would find that huga but some people I, I would too. Yeah, because that <laughs> sounds like an awesome evening to me specifically. But some people like my wife would <laughs> after 20 minutes be like how the ham is this game still happening? <laughs> and then they'd no longer <laughs> be who like, It's like, "Here, do you want all my troops?" <laughs> just just take them. Take them. I don't want to play anymore. Please Kill dominate me. the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. So that's Okay, I think I think you've got a good understanding of what Huga is. Good, 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 good. I mean, I think I do too, but I, I'm no ex- expert. Josiah, I would say doing this podcast is very Huga right now. You know what? It is. <laughs> we're we're focused on our friendship. Mm-hmm. We're creating content that we enjoy. Uh huh. I'm in a warm house on a cold night. It's nighttime. I'm in my I just PJs. drank some chocolate milk. Ugh. Yeah. I'm in a hoodie. I love hoodies. <laughs> there we go. Huga. All the way. I think I'm going to get ta- that tattooed on my forearm. Huga. <laughs> <laughs> Huga all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The full phrase. <laughs> 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 they think that that was some type of 
drug or something. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, what's Especially Huga? If you, like, um, okay. And uh, last thing I'll say is if Huga is not for you and you're kind of more the rise and grind type of person who enjoys staying busy, I think wintertime is a great time to work on projects and do things that you wouldn't have time to during the rest of the year. Um, just because you're inside more, you can kind of sit and plan projects you've got that you want to do. So that's something else that I think is exciting about winter. Yeah. Some time to plan for the upcoming year and do some little projects. Reevaluate. So uh, last, yeah, last thing I'll say is um, winter's coming up. So think about how you're going to enjoy this upcoming winter because it only comes once a year. Mm, that's a good word, Josiah. Yeah. Hooga. Hooga. That's actually interesting because I've been like the opposite. Since I grew up in Kalispell, where we always had a huge winter with lots of snow and all that stuff going on, for me, now that I'm down here in Texas and it's just hot most of the year, all the time, it's like, um, I'm dreading this. I just want it to be cold and snowy. <laughs> so maybe I need to find a way to hooga Texas. Yeah. Yeah, negative hygge. <laughs> so like, I don't know. You could take a take an ice bath. <laughs> I guess I could just come vacation in Montana. That would also work. Yeah, that would work. Get that would work. Hygge fix. Maybe maybe <laughs> you can just pretend like it's winter, and uh, just blast your AC. Yes. Get a blanket. Light some candles. Yeah. There's no such thing as too much AC. It's just not enough clothes. <laughs> <laughs> You're just wearing too many clothes. I guarantee you this will be Mallory's least favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, please don't be biased in your voting, Mallory. <laughs> Actually, I kind of would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. This is a funny episode. Okay, uh, what do you got? Yeah, uh, it's nothing related to Huga in any way oh, good. at all. <laughs> well, like, nope, sorry, there's no way I can spin it where it's about Huga. <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, trying to think. That's, yeah. uh, That's so I, I started, when we started this podcast, my go-to was kind of, like, kind of tell a story, something that happened. Uh, and I moved away from that a little bit these last few episodes, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, but I think I kind of want to revisit the storytelling. And so I found a story that I found yes. um, enticing. So, Josiah, what do you know about Balloon Fest? You might know this story already. Balloon Fest. Is that in Arizona? No, New Mexico? Uh, or in Turkey? Maybe. I, it was kind of a trick question because I'm pretty sure there's balloon fests all over the world. Okay. <laughs> but I'm uh, talking about a specific one. But since you didn't directly answer with that one, I'm going to assume you don't know the story. Okay. So we're good to go. You ready? Yeah, unless it's the story about the balloon boy, then I don't know the story, I don't think. <laughs> uh, that's next episode is balloon boy. Okay. okay. I'm doing some, a, 
I'm doing a balloon series. <laughs> Balloonapalooza. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. Um, if you will, Josiah, take yourself back to 1986. Okay. Can you picture okay. it? Yeah, I know. Yep. Yep. I'm there. Okay. Uh, and then go ahead and take yourself to Cleveland. Have you ever been to Cleveland? <laughs> nope. <laughs> but <Okay>. I'm there. <laughs> All right, awesome. Cleveland, 1986. So, yeah, I came with you. So it's 1986. We're both in Cleveland. Oh. Hey there. Um, what are you doing in Cleveland? We're, oh, we're hanging out. We're actually oh. uh, we're sitting in a board meeting at United Way. Do you know what oh. United Way is? No, but should we be talking? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, the meeting hasn't started. It's the boss oh, okay. hasn't come in yet. Okay. Yeah, uh, okay. United, <laughs> United Way is a charity, basically, um, and so there was a Cleveland local branch of United Way. So we are sitting at that meeting. Okay. So look okay. around the conference room. You can see all the people. This is Lots way before COVID. So have no yeah. one social distancing. Nothing. No. People are like. Uh, really close, like uncomfortably close to each other, too. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's a little kind weird. Of disconcerting, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we're, we're sitting in this board meeting, and the purpose of the meeting is to discuss a way to put Cleveland back on the map, okay? So Cleveland's kind of had a bad rep for a while. As far as cities go, everyone's kind of like, eh, about Cleveland. Cleveland. It's Cleveland. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, you that's, know, it's, that's their it's catchphrase. What's Cleveland? Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> They're like town slogan. It's not New York. You're not in Austin. <laughs> it's not San Diego. It's yeah, it's Cleveland. It's Cleveland, though. <laughs> it's Cleveland. <laughs> it's ah, uh, it's Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in a meeting with this charity group, United Way, trying to think of ways to fundraise and to get Cleveland back on the map. Uh. And so it's had a bad reputation, but, you know, it's been getting cleaned up a lot. It's not the same city that it was. It's a lot better. And so really, Cleveland itself is better. They just want to change the image. You know, they want to rebrand Cleveland a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So there's this one guy in the room, and uh, he previously did marketing at Procter & Gamble. Okay. So he's a pretty cool guy. And... uh, he decides he wants to give Cleveland a cool rebranding. So, from across the room, from where we're sitting, he raises his hand slowly. People have been brainstorming, but nothing's hit yet. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, you guys heard of Disneyland? And we all say, <laughs> well, duh, guy from across no. the room. <laughs> Explain. Holy cow, I am really stretching this story. I'm sorry. I'm going to speed it up. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, no you're good. It's who good to keep it keep it long. <laughs> uh, everybody says, "Yeah, we've heard of Disneyland. What you got in mind?" He says, "Well, last year I heard they released a million balloons all at once into the sky." And everyone around the conference room leans in and they say, "Oh, oh yeah." <laughs> I can't even get through this without <laughs> laughing. I, this is literally, once I tell the rest of the story, this is the most unimportant part of the whole story. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move. Well, I'm going to move us it's along. Like, it's character building and, and like. Exactly. We need Which to know the is setting. It's sad because yeah. the characters I've introduced will not be in the rest of the story. <laughs> no, that's okay. They're the red herrings. Okay. 
Good. Uh, yeah, we can call this the the foreword of the book or the intro, the prelude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone at the conference room table leans in. They're like, "What do you have in mind?" He leans in too and looks everybody in the eye. Long silence awaits, and then he says, "Let's release two million balloons." <laughs> Everyone slams their hands on the table. This guy is a genius marketer. (laughs) Yeah, he is. And so they all slam their hands on the table and they say, oh, we're doing this. Two million balloons. They all high-five each other, each (laughs) one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then together they start pumping their hands into the air and chanting balloon fest over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Balloon Balloon fest, fest, balloon fest, balloon fest. So, uh, the purpose of Balloon Fest is to raise publicity to kind of help rebrand Cleveland a little bit, and also a fundraiser, since United Way is also a charity. So, that's the overall goal of Balloon Fest, where they're going right. to release their two million balloons. So, two from birds there... With one stone. Two million... Two? Killing two million balloons with one stone. <laughs> or two million birds with two million balloons. <laughs> or turtles anyway (laughs) so from there they land on balloon fest and they decide okay now we need to prep so this is back around march or april okay so they're like we gotta get ready for balloon fest ends up taking them about six months to prep which when i started thinking about it makes sense i mean think about all the logistics of a balloon fest of this size i mean yeah First, you have to decide where you can buy two million balloons. Right. Um, Seems like a hurdle. (laughs) Right. And then, uh, which I did the math. I know it's not accurate with inflation and everything, but just in case you're curious, you can buy a pack of balloon, a pack of 100 balloons for about 10 bucks, which makes each balloon 10 cents. Um, So if you were to try this right now without some special corporate mass bulk deal, uh, it costs you about $200,000. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so they have to figure out where to buy the balloons. They have to figure out where to store all these until they can blow them up. And then, you know, they have to go through the normal stuff. They have to figure out city permits, like make sure they're allowed to do this because obviously it's a big thing. Uh, they have to decide like the when and where. Um, and then, you know, some more technical things like how do two million balloons get blown up and where do they go once they're blown up before we decide to release them? So yeah. about six months um, to plan something crazy and something huge, something bigger than what Disneyland could do, okay? Man. So finally, they've got a plan. They've got it figured out with Cleveland that they can use Cleveland's public square. What they do is they build these kind of makeshift walls around the whole square and on the top of these and they use kind of cloth and stuff to hold it all in on the top of this big wall they put this huge net that covers the entire square and so the idea is once they blow up the balloons it gets caught in the net and then whenever they want all the balloons to be released they release one side of the net and off they go right gotcha so uh, they get this net, they make these walls, and then they get... F- so I watched a video, and it looks like... I could be wrong, but 
but it looks like they've got these pipes running kind of across the whole square, and then they've got chairs set up sporadically across the pipes, and these pipes lead to uh, have helium running through them, and that's what allows the balloons to be blown up. Okay. So and the next thing you have to figure out is who blows the balloons up. So they end up getting about 2,500 volunteers under this giant net uh, in the square. And also something I just thought about, how, did, how do they count how many balloons have been... I bet some of those people were just sitting there with clickers, and every time they saw a balloon <laughs> go up, they clicked. <laughs> click, click, click. That would have been my job, I think. <laughs> balloon balloon counter. <laughs> anyway, so a ton of people, and they decide... We're ready for Balloon Fest. So. <laughs> and then they start the chanting again. Balloon Fest. Balloon, balloon Fest. Balloon Fest. fest. <laughs> uh, so the day is September 26th. It's the day before the big event. Uh, it's that night, actually. They gather B-day. all the 2,500 volunteers. And they say, all right, you guys. First things first. This is a volunteer event, so put on these shirts we made you. <laughs> so they all put on this one custom shirt that probably doesn't fit any of them all that well, but they have to wear it because it's, it's the thing, right? Because it's Balloon Fest. You got yeah. to do it. You, <laughs> come on, get in the spirit. <laughs> get in the hygge of Balloon Fest. <laughs> um, and then I saw in the video they actually taped everybody's fingers so that they would be able to... <laughs> blow everything up safely i guess i don't <laughs> hold on I, I don't know if that why was an would that or work what? what i don't understand the only thing the only thing i can think of is that the rubber would just rub against your fingers doing it over and over over oh. again for hours not they so. don't tape tape their fingers together <laughs> no, no, no. It's like uh, rock climbing tape, like your, your individual oh, fingers. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> then they taped their hands shut and said, go to work. <laughs> they taped their hands shut and tied their feet together. And then put them in the balloon cage. And they said, it's Cleveland. <sighs> it's All right. Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> whew, I just, I still have that image in my head. That's kind of funny. <laughs> And then the um, balloon so mob volunteers... comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they start filling up the balloons. It's the night before. They get almost all of them filled up. They're excited. Um, and then a storm comes be. in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I did the math on that, too. If all 2,500 volunteers were directly involved with blowing up balloons instead of having, like, clickers and all that, mm-hmm. that would be 600 balloons a person to blow up. That's doable. A lot, but doable. Oh, sorry, that that number is wrong. That 600 is to blow up uh, 1.5 million, which, to give you a little spoiler, is the amount that they were able to get by the end. Okay. Uh, So they start filling up the balloons. The storm comes in that night, knocks out one of the walls, and they lose uh, thousands of balloons. Um, so they end up having to pull an all-nighter, and they said, uh, or one of the people said that they 
it, it was kind of a sketchy situation because they were going to be blowing up balloons until the very last minute in order to get all of them blown up by the time they were going to uh, release them. Problem yeah. was, that storm came in, and it was kind of sticking around. So, uh, let me ask you this. You've been planning this huge event. You've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you've already blown up, like, let's say by that, by the point the storm came in, let's say they'd blown up a million balloons. Mm-hmm. And there's a storm there. As the leader of the event, what do you do? Do you postpone knowing all those balloons would probably be ruined? Or do you just release them anyway <laughs> and hope for the best? <laughs> uh, I'd probably release them. Okay. Good. Well, that's what they decided to do. <laughs> so, <clears throat> September 27th, this is the big day. They are excited. There's news reporters everywhere, interviews happening all over the place. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine are everywhere the buzz. watching. Yeah, all the people who didn't know what was going on are now wondering what's going on because they see mm-hmm. the masses. Uh, and everyone's still filling up balloons as fast as possible. They're trying to hit that deadline, right? Getting lightheaded. And so, yeah. yeah, eventually someone approaches the lead guy whose name was Treb Heining. They say, Treb, we've got, we've got some treble coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, Ooh. seriously, never again. Never say that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I never want to do another balloon fest. <laughs> no, uh, they say, uh, there's some treble coming, Treb. Um, there's another storm coming in. It's supposed uh. to start raining. It's coming in pretty fast. We need to make a decision. Um, and we don't know what to do. Treb, make the decision. So <laughs> it's decision says, time. <laughs> so he says, listen, everyone... Release the balloons. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted that to sound cooler, but it didn't work out. In my head, it was cooler. It's about as cool as it can be, I think. I think I made the boardroom meeting part of this story cooler (laughs) than that, the release the balloons part. Anyway, so they decide to release the balloons early. So at this point, it's 1.50 in the afternoon. Um they were able to get about 1.5 million balloons instead of the full 2 million, um, which would be about $150,000. So now, if it were today, you have $50,000 worth of balloons that you haven't blown up. Just yeah. just thought of that. What do you do with all that? For next year. Anyway, yes. So uh, <laughs> next year's Balloon Fest. 3 million um, balloons. Anyway, so... They pull the rope away, and the balloons release like a swarm of bees into the <laughs> sky. And actually, really fast, you should look up some pictures. Um, some people photographed it, and it is pretty cool. It actually looks kind of crazy. Like It looks like, like a mushroom cloud from an atomic bomb, almost, just full of balloons rising up from the city. Oh, did you just look up a picture? Yeah, <laughs> it does look crazy? like it does look like a bomb, like smoke. It, yeah, it almost looks like some sci-fi. We're losing the city, <laughs> you know, something weird is mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, like a swarm of nanobots or something. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. From uh, what movie was that? Uh, oh, oh G.I. Joe. Remember, it, remember it oh, ate yeah, the Eiffel yeah. Tower? I forgot about that movie. <laughs> Me too. Till just now with uh, Channing Tatum. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't The Rock in that too? Uh, or am I thinking I'm of sure. a different movie? The Rock's been in everything these days. Yeah, that's true. These days he's been in everything. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking of Game Plan. Oh, no, you're thinking of The Tooth Fairy, I think. <laughs> no, you, I forgot about that one, too. That's funny. <laughs> you're thinking of Jumanji. No, you're thinking of... Uh, oh, what is it called? Uh, uh, Zathura. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Wow, Blast from the Past. Lots yeah, of here we good go. movies. Zathura. Uh, Zathura is not actually a good movie. No. But, but uh, when I saw it as a kid, I did think it was awesome. <laughs> that was back, though, I think when I thought that Jumanji was like a horror movie. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I was freaked out at Jumanji. It was scary. When I first whole, saw it, he's yeah. turned into a monkey and stampedes. Yeah. Falls through the floor. That part got me. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because it's so, so realistic. It's just... About how the floor can eat It pretty much was. Yeah. Anyway... Do you want me Balloon to get back fest. to the story? So uh, let me let me go over the aftermath here, and this is this is what makes the story interesting. I mean, I'm sure with my whole uh, conference room <laughs> part, the story's already been pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, wh- what what can top that? <laughs> but as you can imagine or guess, Balloon Fest did not go as smoothly <laughs> as they wanted it to go. <laughs> so uh they release the Titan and people are cheering, everybody's yelling, Cleveland is back, baby. <laughs> um It's you know, it's weird though. I all the articles I read, they all had this part where they were like, Yeah, and the balloons release and it was beautiful, which I've no doubt of that part. Then it was like everyone felt so much pride for the city. We were just so excited about. It's like, in my head, I have no idea how this helps, like, bring back a city. You know. Well, when your football team is the Browns, <laughs> Balloon Fest is going to be pretty exciting. Um, yet, nice burn, huh? Roasted. <laughs> just roasted Cleveland. Take that, Cleveland. Take that burn. Um, yeah. Also, if you're from Cleveland, listening. Thanks for listening. We're glad. To- yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't know anyone from Cleveland. Me neither. Anyway, um, one DJ said, there's no mistake on the lake anymore, uh, meaning like Erie. Right. Uh, and so there's just so much city pride for a little bit. And that is until the balloons run straight into the storm that they said was coming. Mm-hmm. And with that storm came a cold front... And uh, with that cold front, all of the balloons were pushed right back down to the ground, fully Ugh. inflated. Ugh. So usually <laughs> with balloon fests, you release the balloons and they float up way, way, way into the sky. And then they kind of separate out, stay inflated for a long time, and then deflate. And sometimes the rubber like burns up in the atmosphere coming back down oh, into really? a bunch of pieces. And sometimes that the deflated balloon just falls down. But uh, 
one thing that never happens is releasing a balloon fest right into a storm, which Cleveland yeah. decided to do. So yeah. they released it. All the balloons flew up into the sky. People thought it was beautiful. And uh, they were so proud of their city until the cold front and the storm came in and brought all of the fully inflated balloons right back down into the city uh, like a plague or hail or like <laughs> it. I, so I watched some videos of people that were just like recording it coming back down and uh-huh. it actually it like the sky is completely covered it looks like some type of apocalyptic event yeah or it's just like, like a blank a blanket of yeah balloons just it is attacking people uh, yeah and so it caused all sorts of problems um obviously so over like um, 1.5 million balloons fully inflated just kind of attacked the city uh and basically that shut Cleveland down for the most part. So mm-hmm. there were crashes all over the city. Some of the crashes were from people getting distracted watching the balloons falling. Yeah. And other dis- other crashes came from... I read one source said they were driving and it literally was like blizzard conditions <laughs> because there were so many balloons that like you couldn't see anything. It was just covering everything. Yeah. And yeah. so all over the city is traffic jams and everybody's crashing into everybody. And I imagine people are running through the streets, flailing their hands above their heads, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and like looting and and like <laughs> yes. lighting things on fire. I, I can just picture like people in the streets uh, rioting and, and freaking out. And then just like <laughs> the sound of two balloons rubbing together that like... Ear, ear. That rubbery sound. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Just sound everywhere. of balloons popping all over. Oh, no, no. But <laughs> them squeaking together is much funnier. <laughs> and, like, people are Just flipping like, cars over. Yeah, across the, the windshield. <laughs> Putting spikes in baseball bats. and <laughs> Fighting back. Anyway, um, so yeah, all sorts of bad stuff happens. Uh, there are crashes everywhere. So everything was gridlocked. Um, all the streets were completely clogged, and all the waterways got completely clogged with balloons, which was bad because of that storm that was coming in. Yeah. Um, so that gave it a whole, a whole other slew of issues. Um, and then the airport had to shut down for half an hour to an hour because there were too many balloons on the runway, which makes Whoa. me think... That seems like putting that much stuff into the air over a million balloons should have been some type of like clear with traffic control situation. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was for like a short time, but but just like that's that's like dumping a million and a half balloons out of a plane. Just yeah, (laughs) just like sprinkling them over the city. Right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And you can look up um you can look up the pictures of it falling back down. Like if you go to images and look up this event, you can see some and it's just insane. Like it looks like it's pouring rain, but the rain is balloons and it is covering the entire city. Mhm. Um anyway, so it's it shut down the airport and then 
a couple sad things happened. Like it, a ton of them fell in a pasture in Medina County, um, some nearby county, and it mm-hmm. spooked a bunch of Arabian horses, and a lot of those horses got injured because they got so spooked by all the balloons falling. Whoa. Um, and so that on its own was $100,000 sued for damages and injuries Holy there. Cow. Um, and then here's the saddest thing, uh, which is kind of what made it make huge news. They ended up suing for this as well for $3.2 million. Um, two guys, two friends, Raymond Broderick and Bernard Solzer, uh, they went out fishing on Lake Erie, and uh, they went missing. And uh, so that morning, the morning of the 27th, um, the Coast Guard went out looking for them, and they found their boat had drifted back to shore, but they weren't on it. Um, So they sent out a full search team to go look for them, and uh, that included helicopters and, you know, a bunch of boats. Everybody was out trying to find them with their life jackets on and just bring them in, thinking their boat somehow got, you know, flipped over and then... Yeah. Anyway. um, But they had to call off the search for these two missing guys because there were hundreds of thousands of balloons in the lake and they said it was like searching for an orange needle in a haystack because when you're looking for someone, you're looking for the bright orange life jacket. That's why they're so bright. But they said there's thousands of bright orange balloons sitting in the lake and the helicopter said it was like flying through an asteroid, you know, like in sci-fi or star Wars. Mm -hmm. And they, they couldn't see anything at all. And so they looked for him for a while and had to call off the search. Um, and then two days later on the 29th, their bodies floated in. So they ended up passing away. We don't know if they died before the search team or if they could have gotten to them in time. But, I mean, they had to call it off for days because there was no yeah. point in looking under the conditions. Yeah. All because of Balloon Fest from that one marketing guy. That's crazy. I was trying to figure out like what could be so deadly about balloons. But it's yeah. not the balloons themselves, it's them inhibiting the ability of people to find people. Mm-hmm. Cuz like a a floating balloon just looks like a head, like a bobbing head in the water. Yeah. And if the entire lake is covered with them, there's yeah. just no way Yeah, there's just no way you could find them. And they had mm-hmm. helicopters up and you know, the helicopters because a lot of balloons were still falling, so the helicopters yeah. just couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. So it was just a messy situation. That's crazy. Um, so one of the wives sued for over $3 million, which basically ensured that this fundraiser raised no funds whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there were a ton of angry letters to the editor, or to editors of newspapers talking about how horrible this was and mm-hmm. i'm sure you know with how frustrated people get over small things to wake up and find out that you've got 30 balloons in your backyard or or whatever <laughs> you know or there's a yeah. balloon stuck in my chimney or <laughs> yeah you know yeah um man but 
they did break the world record. Um, Disneyland had it before with a million balloons. And Disneyland is Disneyland, so they did it just fine. Yeah. Uh, without any issues. And then, so they broke it with 1.5 million balloons. And uh, Genius Book of, or Guinness Book of World Records uh, recorded it once. And then took it out of the book completely so that no one would try to break it because of safety concerns. Oh. <laughs> so all this work to break the world record, and they only got it recorded a single time because it caused so much destruction everywhere. So they not only did they not break the world record, but they didn't raise much, if any, money. And trying to put Cleveland on the map just completely backfired as the place yep. where the balloon fest failure happened. <laughs> yeah, I read oh. one thing I read one thing from one of the managers of this event that was like we were we were so excited about this cuz it was going to everyone said like things are happening in Cleveland like we're excited <laughs> like Cleveland is coming back which I still don't get how a releasing balloons could equal that. But, yeah. Uh he was like, and it was going to be awesome because, um, you know, I was just going to say that we we're back and we're a city to be reckoned with and we're not <laughs> going to be the butt of the joke anymore. But mm. now I think they are definitely the butt of the joke. <laughs> it's Cleveland, um, after all. Two, Yeah, two more things. One, uh, hundreds of thousands of balloons ended up washing up on the Canadian side of Lake Erie. Uh, so that probably was frustrating for them. I'm mm-hmm. sure they didn't sign off on that event <laughs> mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Um, and then I'll end with this, which I wrote this down right before we started recording it because I saw it and I thought it was funny. Disney, who held the previous record from the year before, um, they got beat out by Cleveland, mm-hmm. and it was a horrible, tragic event, and it caused chaos and death and injury and lost money everywhere, uh, but they got the world record. That was the one thing that Balloon Fest Cleveland 1986 could say that it had, uh-huh. until Disney decided, you know, actually, <laughs> we want that title back. <laughs> so a couple years later... In 1994, they released 1,592,000 balloons with 2,000 volunteers just to take back (laughs) the uh, world record title. So uh, one last slap in the face to Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Disney. Oh, man. Um, So there you have it. I came across that story. And uh, it just screamed, learn me something podcast. So uh, <laughs> so there it is. Balloon Fest 86. Okay, so the real question is, what do we do to put learn me something on the map? Do we release, what do we <laughs> release? Do we release uh, birds? Do we release, uh, do we fill something else with helium? And release it like oh i i just saw birds <laughs> no 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 this is this is how we're gonna uh advertise 
We uh-huh. fill up fill up balloons. We tie a CD to it with our favorite episode, <laughs> and then we let it go, and <laughs> it'll drop onto unsuspecting people, unsuspecting but future fans of the show. If uh, you could have gone a lot of ways with that idea, <laughs> I was not expecting a CD of our favorite episode to be one of them. Because that's like that's like the most recent way, like fit hard copy of audio that you can get to somebody, right? Like cassettes, a little. Yeah, too I old. was, th- I was thinking more stickers with our handle or the paper that tell what we're about and <laughs> but no, we could do that see, won't get noticed would you care for record about, players or vinyl <laughs> that's pretty hipster what if we just do like a little usb like a thumb drive or something and then we could put all the oh. we could put the whole discography on there okay that would <laughs> that would be kind of cool but I feel like that would turn into some huge national security risk scandal. Like, anything could be on those USB drives. That's just the thing that we want, is publicity. <laughs> bad pu- Any publicity is good publicity, as they say. You almost said bad publicity is good publicity. <laughs> Wait, that's not... I, <laughs> that's not how it goes. Yeah, we'll get arrested for a little bit, and then when we get out, it'll make for a great episode talking about our experiences. (laughs) Imagine how many news stories will be about us. We'll get so many Mm. listens. Okay. All right. I'll I'll get some balloons. I'll start filling them up. And uh, what if we start? What if we start with just making some stickers and giving them to fans and stuff like that, or T-shirts? Okay. Oh. We need to set up the Learn Me Something merch site, you know, with we all do. the hippest new stuff. Oh, yes, we do. I do like <laughs> designing shirts and stuff. I can make some sick shirts. And then people could submit... Sorry, I just... This is a random idea. It no, might no, not go work ahead. Out. Yeah. People could submit design ideas, and if they're good enough, they could... Those design ideas could be worth an extra vote in a certain episode. Or an extra five votes or something. Oh, up the voting. Change how people vote. Yeah, a little bit of incentive Mm. to vote. Mm. Or if they buy a sticker, that could give them an extra vote towards whichever person is awesomer. Ah, awesome. (laughs) Ooh, Ooh, ah, this is probably off mic discussion, but you know it's happening yeah. and it's okay. No, that's okay. Okay, <laughs> uh, real quick, I I'll give a thirty second plea for why people should vote for me, and then you yeah. can do that afterwards. Okay, okay. let's do it. So uh, I talked about Huga and how it's the <laughs> Scandinavian way to survive winter and not survive but thrive, make the most of winter, and actually enjoy it and look forward to it. And I will be, this winter, I will be making lots of waffles, Mm. uh, reading, lighting candles, uh, lots of spiced teas, and uh, hopefully some skiing. So I'm looking forward to all that. I love it. That sounds like a great couple months. 
Yeah, and uh, you should vote for me because I hopefully helped you change your outlook on your least favorite season. All right, go ahead. Mm, that's uh, that's good. That's good. You know, every once in a while, you just need a good old fashioned storytelling episode, you know, and I think that I delivered in certainly an odd way, but uh, so I I really think you should vote for me, one, because it's great content, uh, people releasing a million and a half balloons into the sky, and then the chaos that followed when all those balloons inevitably returned to the ground to cause destruction. Um. It's just a good old feel-good story, so <laughs> without really a happy ending for anyone except Disneyland, I guess, and maybe yeah. little kids that were too young to know all the things that were happening, but old enough to be excited that there was a mass of balloons in the sky. So vote for me for the children. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was wondering, how's he going to tie that back in? Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so you can go vote for who you think the winner should be. Uh, it's linked down below. On, uh, on Apple Podcasts, just scroll down. You can click on the direct link. Um, but on Spotify, if you use the phone app, it, you should be able to scroll down and go to the direct link as well. Um, otherwise, it's on our social media, Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram. That's I, I believe. Yes. Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, all at Learn Podcast. And uh, yeah, vote for the winner. Oh, uh, uh, I should tell them about the punishment, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so we've got a long list of punishment ideas, and we chose this week one that really does not sound fun, and possibly the first one that one of us might fail at <laughs> other than that hot wing challenge which i almost failed at <laughs> now speak for your, speak for yourself <laughs> uh so the punishment for whoever loses this episode episode 11 is to do in the course of one week a thousand push-ups um which adds up to how many which a day? is 142 a day 142 yeah. a day yeah i'm thinking i'll probably do like Five or six hundred in the first day just to knock out a bunch, you know? Yeah, just because why not? Yeah. You're already down there. Might as well just do a few more, a few hundred more. I'll probably alternate hands, too. Yeah, good strategy. So. Yeah, good strategy. Yep. <laughs> All right. There you have it. There was episode 11. Yeah, Hooga versus Balloon Fest. Yeah, I giggled a lot this episode. <laughs> Me, too. Yeah, we're, this is like the first time we're, we're recording at night, and uh, I'm definitely a night person. Yeah. I remember the one we recorded in the morning, I was like really trying to... We were both like, hey, welcome <laughs> to Learn Me Something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. Um, if you haven't yet, okay. go ahead, jump below, and give us a review or a quick rating if you don't have a time for a full written review. That helps us out a lot, helps us get seen by new people. And uh, go ahead and share the podcast with a friend or on social media. We're looking to grow. Um, we've got, if you've listened uh, quite a few episodes ago, we've got a Lithu- <laughs> not Lithuania. Um, we've got a Liechtenstein trip planned with all of the Learn Me Something crew. <laughs> oh, We're going to yes. rent out that country. So 
Um, yeah. Head over, give us a rating and review. Help us get seen. We love you guys so much. Go hooga it up tonight or the morning or at work, wherever <laughs> you are. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Play us out, Larry. Oh, wait. Yeah, Larry's got to play us out. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.